Hello, welcome back to the Fruit for Thought podcast. For today's episode, we got to have a really awesome conversation with Indy Olison from the West Seattle Sunrise Hub. Let's get into it. Hi, Indy. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Can you give us an introduction of who you are, your name, your grade, and um, what you're about? Okay, awesome. Um, I'm Indy Olison. I'm a sophomore at West Seattle High School, and I'm a co-hub coordinator at the West Seattle High School Sunrise Hub with Carmen Gray. Awesome. So could you describe to us like a little bit like what Sunrise is because you just talked about that and um, kind of like what your goals are, your mission, and just like what you do. Well, the Sunrise mission statement is I think a pretty good place to start. It's a youth-led climate justice movement to stop climate change and create millions of good jobs in the process. And that honestly is pretty closely aligned with what the Green New Deal works for. Um, so Sunrise basically just like raises awareness and attention to causes and pressures political officials, mostly to get them to approve the Green New Deal within the next two years. For those um, who are listening that don't know, what is the Green New Deal? So the Green New Deal is basically a Congress resolution to invest in green energy and divest from oil and carbon-based structures and systems um, in place in our society. So it's, it's an economic and social plan, but the economic part is the most, I would say, primary Part, it act, it, people, <laughs> I think people have misunderstood that it will impact your daily life to a significant amount. The goal is to have it impact your daily life to the least amount um, and really just deal with like higher up like energy sector officials. I kind of wanted to like ask kind of a weird question. So basically with our generation we're kind of like really we have this whole like consumerism kind of type vibe that really contributes to climate change and like the fossil fuel industry and all this just like consumerism is kind of and transportation is like leading to just like detrimental climate change problems and so i was kind of curious like how does that like affect you and like make i mean how does that make you feel that's kind of weird but i mean like our generation is so just like bye 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 but it's like affecting our world and so, like, how was that kind of, like, how does that make mm-hmm. you feel? I mean, that's a weird question, but. Yeah. The, the first thing that comes to mind is, like, it's really, okay, <laughs> it's really not the fault of individuals and their consumers and patterns, like, in the slightest. Um, and one thing I really like about Sunrise is we're not asking anyone to change their patterns in consumerism. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's a, a little bit of a myth that, climate change is a fault of individuals because that's really just not true and it's a myth that's pushed by people that actually started climate change like fossil fuel billionaires um so i guess like consumerism in, in itself has its issues but it doesn't make me feel bad in relation to climate it doesn't make me feel like there's no hope because of our generation's habits thinking about the people that are at fault for producing like the worst impacts how have the people that have been profiting um, trying to resist change? Um, well, I think the most primary way is like big business lobbying. It's just really dangerous. I'm sure you guys have heard about it. It's just businesses funneling money into politicians' pockets, and it's really dangerous because it means politicians aren't working for their constituents and the people. I don't know. I watched some like videos that I know uh, you had 
on the West Seattle Sunrise Instagram and talking about big money just going into politics and maybe thinking about like how in Sunrise's mission and in how are you guys trying to go around the problems of people that are profiting from climate change, giving money to the people that have the power to pass legislation. Um, how are you guys trying to um, go around that and push through that? Well, I think mainly within the Sunrise, in our efforts to not become a corporation, and again, I speak for myself, not for all of Sunrise, but I think I have a pretty good understanding. We use like grassroots fundraising for 100% of our um, profits, not profits, 100% of our resources, use of money. Um, and then I think honestly, just like, I don't, I don't know what word I want to use, but like exposing like how actually things work because there's a lot of efforts to like keep it under wraps to like not show the public how this money actually is transferred within like powerful um, structures like in the US. And I think a lot of Sunrise, what they do is just informs the public about what's actually happening, which I think can actually have a lot of change and impact um, the ability of things to get passed. Right, and what needs to happen to get like the message across. I mean, we can't just like wait till the earth is like permanently damaged. I mean, something needs to happen now. And so like, what needs to happen? Like, what are those actions that need to be taken? Um, I think the first thing is two thirds of the House of Representatives needs to support the Green New Deal. That's the first thing on our mind. That's the, the Green New Deal, while it is a plan I support in almost all regards, it's almost one of the only plans we have that genuinely deals with these issues. Um, because it hasn't been worked on. Like people knew about the environmental crisis and we haven't done anything about it for years and now we have the Green New Deal and we really need to just get it out there and in process and in the system like immediately. Um, beyond that, I'm honestly, like I wish I had a better answer, but it's, it's really hard because this is like a really big issue that's impacting a lot of people. And honestly, I don't think individuals like have the time to like, and energy to like change their whole lifestyles. That isn't really a change that really even needs to happen. Um, it's just, I think we need to have a different relationship between the fossil fuel industry and the US government to actually make a change happen. So I think two follow-up questions to that. So like, how do we get from where we are now to having that two thirds of Congress supporting the Green New Deal? Well, I think honestly, the work of young environmentalists and sunrise has has opened up like the table for a lot more members of congress to become supporters and endorsers of the green new deal you can support okay here's the thing about policy you can support it and not endorse it legally but we need them to endorse it legally and we have a couple more people in congress that are supporting it but they're not endorsing it and we need that to happen is my understanding of policy which i'm not sure how accurate that is um but i think like climate advocacy groups just pushing and pressuring these people and then the thing is re-election happens and when we re-elect we need to be like we saw with joe biden like georgia flipping that was because of the work of young activists um like pressuring and going out and phone banking and like that can happen again when we re-elect new people and the people that we re-elect need to be in support of the green new deal people might think that like i'm saying it's like a waiting game because of like we need to wait for re-election but we just need to elect the people that are going to work for what we need as a people, um, and yeah, and just like pressuring officials, showing them what we want and how we want it because they serve us. Yeah. 
And I think there also has been a lot of success, like having before the presidential election, like Joe Biden, a, like a more moderate candidate, him rolling out like a pretty sophisticated climate change plan is like a big deal young activism has. And that's like the impact we've seen. Other question I had is you talked about how like we need to reimagine the relationship between the fossil fuel industry and the U.S. government. What do you think that um, like how does that need to change and what will that change look like? The, I think the Go On product is, okay, um, this is my personal view, but regulation put on by the U.S. government is I think the primary like option we have right now to fix that fossil fuel, in fuel industry. And right now the government is like taking away, at least with the Trump pre presidency, is taking away regulations and um, giving tax deductions. And like, I think that's really dangerous to like, be so, and like COVID relief plans, like the fossil fuel industries are getting so much COVID relief, um, which is, I, I have nothing against COVID relief in any form, but the, the fossil fuel industries aren't what we need as a world right now. Um, so I think honestly, just like less government money into fossil fuel industries is like the most primary one. And then I think like corruption individually is obviously still a big issue that can't really be fought without like bringing it to the public light. Um, okay, that was like really good. Um, okay, I want to go back to one thing you said. I don't want to take away from what you just said because I want to come back to it, but I just have like one question for you about what you were talking about before about um, like youth involvement in like global issues and climate change for our purposes. So, um, you know, there's always like two sides to every story. Like there's the youth that are standing up. But there's also people who are like, these movements don't really work. Like you're not actually like doing anything. Like you're just wasting your time. And so like what... What is like something that you have to like say to those people? I mean, we see through time, like youth led movements, like any really movement, like some change results from that in some form. And so like, what do you have to like say to the people who are like, this doesn't work, this makes no sense. Like you're just wasting your time. Yeah, I think <laughs> one of the first things like I would do if it happened in real life right now is just ignore it. Like it's not worth my time to like convince someone that what I'm doing is important. I just need to do it. Um, and other youth activists, I think, share the same idea. It's not always worth your debate. However, like, they have made change. Like, in the last year alone, we've pressured, like, multiple big business industries, not industries, organizations, um, and, like, colleges and, like, big um, investment funds to divest from fossil fuel investments. And this is because of the work of climate activists and pressuring. And also, I think people undervalue the importance of bringing these issues to the public light. Even though we all know what climate change is, we don't understand, at least I didn't understand before I got involved, like the real impacts it has and like how dangerous it truly is, which is <laughs> much more dangerous than we all thought. So I think the value of bringing it to the public is much more than people think. And like, while that may be like the primary thing that it does, even though it has helped pass legislation in like multiple cities, even if the primary thing it does is people, is it bringing light to the public of these issues, um, it's still incredibly important. Yeah, and I, no, I think you're totally right. And it is so important that um, like the public has, cares about the issue and they're like participating in, um trying to do something about it and i think that made me think of again i was watching the videos on the sunrise instagram which i thought you know recommend to anyone listening i thought they're really 
um, cool to watch. And it said that like looking at past peaceful protest movements, like all of them have succeeded if they had 3.5% of the population actively participate. Like I thought that was so cool to hear. And I think for anyone, even though it's not worth the time to try to like debate people that your work is important, um, like having people know what's going on and having people involved it does work and there's a lot of history to show that it does yeah yeah and we really appreciate like having new people from any side of the spectrum just like even a little bit interested and open to hearing what we're about um because that's really important to the climate change activism like whole whole idea in sector and actually our ability to make change and yeah i think that's around 11 million people in the u.s as of like 2019 it was like 11 million people and we're on our way there like it's only growing and i think that's incredible and super hopeful because like it's like a worldwide statistic that 3.5 note number that you noted and yeah i just think it's really cool and it honestly gives me a lot of hope okay time for the fruit taste test so we're just gonna like go around and describe like the nodes of our, oh, I don't know, like in deep detail, not actually, we're just gonna, it tastes good. It's juicy. Just doing a taste test. Okay, so okay. who would like to go first? Jessica, would you like to go first? Um, sure. Okay, um, hmm, pretty good. Flavor is awesome. I, I'm a big orange fan. I don't, I think I'm a bigger fan of like the larger orange than the like clementines. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the texture, it's like fine. I feel like we got these like at the last grocery trip, which was like on Saturday or something. So I think if maybe it was a little fresher, the texture would be better. But overall, I think it's pretty good. And I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, very good, very good. Okay, I think India's still peeling. Oh, oh no! Oh, no. But it's mold. Oh. Okay. Sorry, so. I give you a moldy orange. <laughs> okay, so I maybe like... not. Um, I feel like this part isn't moldy. I'll just I'm building okay. my immune system. Okay. Do you want to go next? Oh yeah, actually, I can go next. Should I, should I chew it by the camera? Yeah, sure. Yeah, right next to the microphone. You want to get? To the <laughs> yeah. ASMR. Yeah. A little sour, but good and juicy. Any hints of mold? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think about that right now. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I like oranges too much to be put off by a little mold. Right. Too worth it. Um, okay, so little disclaimer: I am the opposite of Jess. I like the clementines more than I like big oranges, but that's just me. So I'm the only one with a spoon. So I'm like, it's like cereal, whatever. Okay, mine is really sweet. It's really juicy. Like the juice is like all in the pulp. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. But I also I bet that like one reason your thing might taste better because. Have you ever like peeled the skin off one of the like um slices mm -hmm. and ate it like like when I don't know yeah and it tastes a lot better because it's just like pure flavor so I bet mm -hmm. like your Clem your technique might be a good one. I uh, see I don't like that like skin. No me. 
I'm eating right now as I speak, but. All right. Successful taste test besides the moldy orange. You went one really well. Um, awesome. Now we're going to go back to the episode. Everyday life in like regards to like how that's contributing to like climate change. So, you know, like people take their cars everywhere, like turn on the lights, you know, and it's all ultimately like depends on the kind of system that you have set up built around your life, excuse me. But it all result, a lot of it results in like participating in these fossil fuel industries and stuff like that. So, um, like, what is the, like, what, I think that it's, it's a, it's a hard thing to, like you were talking about earlier, taking people's lives and being like, okay, if we're going to deal with this climate change issue, you have to start living like this. And so like, in regards to people who are like lower income or like struggle with like other issues outside of like climate change, like what, how, what does that look like in regards to like them, like switching their lives? I mean, that's like an impossible question for you to answer, but like, if you want to like attempt. No, switching their lives really, really, really shouldn't happen. It should be the equal amount of accessibility to green energy um, as, as there is to the, our expendable energy sources we have now. And I think that's the role of, of these politicians and like the infrastructure we have that needs to be, that is being changed by the Green New Deal legislation policy. And any, it's not like quite legislation policy, but any legislation that comes out of our Green New Deal efforts should revolve around the infrastructure that makes green new that makes green energy accessible because that's honestly the main reason people aren't using it right now like in a in a dream world of course everyone would be walking everywhere and eating less meat or other other environmental changes or not using plastic bags at the grocery store but like it's not available to everyone on the same level of ease and i think i think it's a little flawed and people advocate for people to change their life because it's not that much harder but it can be much harder for many people and also like that little bit of energy to change your life but in every aspect is is a lot of energy and not going to make the change i wish it made this isn't to say people shouldn't be working for their own personal like earth impact um because it is important and like i know i do but it's really not the goal yeah I, and that makes me think of something i was doing a school like pro- thing homework anyway um and it was this guy talking about the idea that like he was talking about like future predictions and the idea that electric vehicles will become like very prominent and not because people care about like oh I'm going to get an electric vehicle because I want to help the planet but because it will be the most cost effective solution and that makes the most sense like financially and I think that's an interesting concept instead of trying to be like you need to change but changing the system or the infrastructure that makes something that's planet friendly the most, um, like the best option in people's self-interest. Yeah, it's like most people are motivated by financial reasons, which isn't because they're like bad people or not empathetic people, but because like how we survive in in the US, like this is just how it goes and that's okay. And we can't expect people to change their whole way when we're not changing the way of society because it's really, really difficult and won't always result in like <laughs> your survival. That sounds really dark, but yeah, like like I, I, I like what that guy was saying. It's again, it's because it's cost effective and makes the most sense for your finances. And like, you wanna have financial freedom in the US. So you would want like less, you would want more money 
<laughs> and less money going out yeah you were talking about how like individually it's like important to take responsibility but also like it is coming from this like as a society we are not built on this like renewable energy like green type of thing like we're just not built on that like we use plastic bags at the grocery store like a lot of us like you know it's just that's the kind of stuff that our society has like put into place and so um like it's important that these like bigger that this like fundamental idea that our society is built on is like changed and like broken down and like rebuilt but um like what are the consequences like if that doesn't happen like what does our world look like if that never happens that we continue to live the way that we have been um yeah and and the scary thing about that question is like the world will honestly look virtually the same to many of us like it won't impact um it won't impact us first like the climate crisis ad change however it will impact in a lot of ways but it, it'll be in the way that i think a lot of politicians are able to just brush off because this is what happens every year or like i remember the president was like look at it snows it's like yeah there will be more snow but that's only because the ice caps are melting in the north and the air is rising and it's coming down here and like that's not a positive in this latest it's not the world getting colder it's the world snowing but I think it'll, it'll, I mean, in a daily life, it looked like more rainfall, more dead animals, probably, because, like, the food sources are running out. But it'll really impact people, like, living on the coasts and, like, low-income people and just vulnerable people in general. So, like, communities of people of color, honestly, are going to be the first for it to hit. And by hit, I mean, like, no longer access to, like, clean water. Like, we see this in places already, like, developing. Um hurricanes, earthquakes that are not being able to be, be rebuilt because of the of the of the situation in the community. Like as sea levels rise because ice caps melt, um, like the coast will become like virtually unlivable. Um, and the issue is like the ports on the coast that would like interrupt like a lot of like trading systems in a, in our world. Um, it's really dangerous, but I wish it would Oh my gosh, I don't wish it would impact more people. No, not in this latest, but it's like, let's say like like 30, 40 years from now and we didn't do anything. People that have privilege and like the resources to survive very comfortably now will have the same resources to survive then because they have like the privilege to move into like a safer place. Honestly, nowhere will be safe. There's gonna be so many disasters, but into a safer place or like have, um, I don't know, gadgets to work around this. Not like they're gonna be living in like the future is superhuman, but it, it'll impact people who can't fix it now. And people who, like we saw this in California wildfires, like the people that could move and restart their life somewhere else weren't, they were affected by climate crisis. And I don't wanna invalidate that, but they were able to like get around that and then not advocate for any more change for the people who can't like move their life. Yeah. And I think like what the impact is if we don't take action, like we all saw that um, over the summer, like there was a week, I don't know, 10 days where like it was awful to go. No, it wasn't. I don't know. There was a period of time. I don't remember how long where it was like hard to go outside. Like, and it was kind of ridiculous. It was like, like COVID. So we can't like, go into like popular places but at least we could go outside but then not anymore um but I think and also like seeing 
like what you're just talking about, about it's going to be the people that are already like marginalized that are most affected. And we can see that with like COVID, even though that's not climate change, but when there's a crisis, it's the people that can work from home because they're in like a, a job that allows them to. I think COVID, like that's a good example of privilege keeps people privileged. There's a quote I want to share by this environmentalist Bill McKibben that just like stays in my brain. It says the one iron law of climate change is that the people who did less to cause it will, okay, the one iron law of climate change is the less you did to cause it, the sooner you suffer. And I think that's very much true because the billionaires who are living comfortably, I say comfortably, living rich lives, um, won't be affected in the most dire ways besides like maybe their profit will go down because like less people to buy it but honestly i'm not even sure if that's true because of like economics but um like yeah like they won't be affected they'll be able to stay at home if there's like stuff going on outside or like it's weird okay so with all those impacts in mind how um in your community hub how are you guys working to um have an impact right now actually we're working with the tacoma we're working on the tacoma lng project plan crisis um so that means we're like trying to promote it to the public and we like we have two like targets i think that we work off like promoting it to the public and then targeting politicians um but earlier this year for targeting politicians we lobbied with pramila jayapal for the green new deal trying to get her to endorse it which was super exciting um i guess i can just go through <laughs> what we've done this year since september we had a postcard party where we wrote postcards to remind young voters in georgia to vote and telling them how and helping everyone be informed. Um, we filmed things for Joe Biden, Mark Kelly, and Jamie Harrison to get them elected, which is cool. Basically, you just like, if, if you ever get those like calls or like, have you voted yet? That would be like what Sunrise is doing. Um, <laughs> what I spent a bunch of Saturdays doing. Um, also right now we have a sticker fundraiser by Esme and Callie, who are two student pe students at our school. Um, and we are selling their stickers. And it's super cute. I guess that's what we've done this year. Yeah. Cool. That sounds fun. Um, so wait, I think Jess, you know Esme, right? I know Esme. I love Esme. Um yep. <laughs> okay. oh, yeah. oh my god, those oh my god, I love those. Um, okay, yeah. So everyone listening, check those out. Um, on our Instagram at Sunrise West Seattle. It's in the link tree. Everyone go follow Sunrise West Seattle. And we will have it linked on our Instagram too. You're a part of Sunrise West Seattle. So how can someone from like Vashon, for example, or like farther away, like Tacoma, I don't know, um, get involved in like this movement? Um, I would like to say the first option is definitely to check if there is a hub in your area. Um, you can do that on the Sunrise website. It's pretty easy. And then if there's not, like honestly, just start a club at Sunrise Hub um it's there are resources available it's exciting and fun and you're not alone in your efforts there's definitely going to be a hub at least somewhat in the same area that you can work with um but then again if you're in the general seattle area and like greater seattle area there are hubs stationed at pretty much all no not all high schools in the slightest but at many many high schools like within close distance to to wherever you're watching this from and you should join one of those because it's super fun. Um, yeah, starting a hub is I think the primary way to get involved and I highly recommend it. It's pretty easy too. I guess also if you're in the West Seattle area and you want to join our hub, 
you should go to our Instagram and click the pink and green sign up in our bio because we'd love to have you and like West Seattle and greater West Seattle. So before we end, Indy, it's been so fun having you here. I think your cause is so important and um, we're really honored to have you here. Before we end, is there anything else you'd like to share? Okay, I do have a little bit to say. Um, you can totally join any Sunrise Actions without being part of the club and we highly recommend it. We don't have any in person right now, but we have online actions for like bonding and also webinars by Sunrise if you want to educate yourself. Um, and I highly recommend you guys attend one of them. Cool. Okay. Indy, thank you so much for coming. It has been awesome getting to talk to you. I learned a lot and I am like now inspired to do more research and stuff like that. Um, yeah, Jess, anything else to add? Um, I know I will be, I don't know, definitely keeping up more with like seeing what your hub is doing and if there's like a chance to get involved, I want to do that. And I don't know, it's been so fun talking to you and I feel like I learned a lot. Um, so thank you for coming. I hope we see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our conversation with Indy. We hope you enjoyed it. You can find Indy on Instagram at yourfakeant, or if you would like to follow Sunrise West Seattle Hub on Instagram, their username is Sunrise West Seattle. If you would like to come on the podcast or you know of someone that you think would be good for coming on the podcast, please contact us. You can DM us at fruitforthoughtpod on Instagram or you can email us at fruitforthoughtpod at gmail.com and that is spelled with the number four as opposed to the word four. We'll see you next Saturday. <laughs>